Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the show. This is the Millennial Millionaire Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Cohen. This podcast is focused on bringing some of the wisest minds from across the globe to discuss concepts, strategies, and ideals that will lead them to be top performers in their respective industries and their lives. This show is for the millennials and millennials at heart to transcend their mindset, their health, and their income to the next level. We are so excited to have you on this journey with us. Welcome to the show. Yo, 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 welcome back to the show, guys. Happy freaking new year. Hope everyone had a great holiday season. This is the first episode of 2024 and uh, super stoked to be back today, guys. We have the man, the myth, a good old friend of mine, Vance Elrod. Vance is a professional MMA fighter, a two-time amateur world champion, the current owner of Meraki Medicinal, and uh, just an overall great dude who I've known for a really long time, and it's been awesome to see your journey, dude. So thanks for uh, taking the time. I appreciate you, brother, big time. Yeah, man. We've been, uh, you've been on my list of a podcast, I guess, for a while, so I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. I think it was perfect timing, actually. Hey, yeah. early 2024, we got that energy, ready to rock and roll. Vance, for uh, those that don't know who you are, give a quick little background, man, and we'll we'll hop right into it. I'm uh, I'm just an underdog that worked really, 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 really hard, and uh, my fruits of labor are now being enjoyed. Hell yeah, brother! You just got back from uh, Tulum, right? Yeah, spent a month out there. That was pretty cool. I went out there with uh, three other Twitter guys. One of them is my new business partner on a second venture that I get to announce very soon. I was hoping to announce it by now, but as you know, with business, like one month means three months, three months means a year. So we're still we're trucking along. But I was with two other like like well, well off uh, Twitter guys, I guess I could say. So Twitter sphere is different, but uh, they're they're pretty profound there. That's awesome, dude. I, I see you making moves. So we've known each other for a minute, over a decade now. You know, we were, uh, used to work together at Planet Hollywood back in 2012 or 13. And it's been super cool because ever since I've known you, you've had the dream of being a professional fighter at MMA. Before it was actually a cool thing, mm -hmm. uh, before the UFC really started popping off. And it's been really cool, not to, just to see your journey as a professional athlete, as a professional fighter, uh, but now as of the last two, three years as a business owner. So my first question, we'll talk a little bit about fighting and the transition into business, but what does it actually take to be a professional fighter? I've, I've had a few on this show, obviously, but we live in the fight capital of the world. What does it take to be a professional fighter and why do so many people do it? Yeah, you can't be fickle, first off. Uh, you need a insane work ethic and you have to be, I think, a little either crazy or stupid. For sure. Yeah, or both. So, yeah, yeah a little both. Yeah, man, I mean... I don't know. I, I feel like when it comes to the fight game, it's one of those things that are universally respected Yeah. because it's a language that it doesn't matter if you're in the United States, Italy, China. It's it's a language that people can understand. And I think intrinsically uh, it's respected because it's not a thing that many people will or choose to do. What have you learned in this journey of MMA and professional fighting about yourself over this last decade? I would say two big things off the top of my head. First one, delay gratification. Mm. Obviously, like working for years and not getting any reward. And then the second thing would be just really doing everything right because everything you put in, you get back out. And I want to touch on that later on too because I was told that by like my buddy went on Shark Tank, real successful business guy. He came back and told me basically like, hey, when you start your business, just do everything right. Don't be cheap. Get whatever certification you need. Just do everything by the book. And trust me, it'll pay off. And like 
especially nowadays, like especially with what I'm seeing in the economy that I'm in and like my niche market, it's like it's really paid off that I did everything correct. 100% man. And I mean, you've been a super just committed and personable. You've always been really good at communications and it feels like you're really starting to hit your stride, not just in the MMA professional fighter route, but also in business. What do you think that shift was for you? I know this is something that's been a lifelong journey of you, especially this last, you know, two, three, four, five years. What do you think this shift has been to really start seeing a lot of the momentum you've been seeing? I would say execution. Big time. Uh, I'm I'm a big researcher, dude. I will like, but I'll I'll get so involved in the research that I won't execute. So like, I remember during COVID, like it's a stupid example, but I wanted to play video games. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna play World of Warcraft. Let's go. I, I probably wow, uh, baby. Yes, I probably researched like 80 hours a while and played two hours. You know, it was like no execution. I just wanted to know everything about it. So I did this over the past few years. Like you were you were on the business way before me. Back when we were at the pool, it was amazing, dude. You were like in it heavy and I just had a dream of fighting. So I was all fighting, 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 but few things caught my interest and business started to catch my interest as I got older. So I've been researching, 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 watching drop shipping videos, uh, listening to Alex Hermosi. You know, I went back and listened to his podcast like at when he first got big, like he had 300 episodes already. I was like, okay, cool. Started on episode one. I got all the way up to like episode 120. You know, so I just really came in, did the work, but when I finally got a product and I got lucky with my product for sure, like the way I found it, the way like there was a gap in the market, everything like stars aligned for me. But the biggest thing was I didn't take a, I'm going to overcomplicate everything. I'm gonna over research, over analyze everything. I did the ready, fire, aim approach. And mm. that was the best thing ever, ever just execution 100%. I see that's the difference right there. Most people know what to do. Like the Conor McGregor said, the difference between the successful and the unsuccessful <clears throat> are both know what to do. One's going to do it. So mm. one's going to execute. That's that. A hundred percent, man. You know, I, I heard this a long time ago and it resonated. We could sit here for hours and talk about all the different ideas of how to change our life, how to change the world, how to become a better fighter, how to grow our businesses. And we could sit for hours and get hundreds of great ideas. But out of all those hundreds of ideas, it's execution is the name of the game. The best producers out there, the people that can take ideas and actually materialize them um, into the real world. When it comes to, to fighting... You can do, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. you can do anything you want to do, but you can't do everything. That's, That's a bar. A big, big focus right there. That's a bar. So for you, man, obviously fighting is your dream and it's your full-time uh, career. You're, you're a professional athlete and you're also running this startup um, on the side that is starting to see massive success. How do you find that harmony and that balance between being a professional athlete and obviously being extremely committed to the fight game while obviously also uh, growing your baby business on, on the side? Yeah, it's uh, there's no balance. There's yeah, Right now, like I am, uh, we did two days all week. I'm supposed to fight here in four weeks. I'll have an announcement hopefully by the Sunday, actually this Sunday. Let's go. I'm so overtrained. I'm fried right now. Like my biggest fear right now is like, bro, your brain is gonna be totaled because all your blood's everywhere else right now. So, uh, the struggles for real. But I remember everyone was telling me when I was first starting the business, and I wore every hat in the business. They're like, remember this? This will be the good old days. Those were not the good old days, dude. Because I woke up, I pulled cable all day. I was a low voltage contractor. Came home, started on the business. So we answered customer service emails. We fulfilled orders. We got everything done. I set up my own email automations. I did it all front to back, you know, made tweaks to the websites I went. I'd go train at the gym. I was in fight camp when we, before we hit our first boom. So I was training hard, like two, three hours a night. Coming home, bagging everything up, and then finishing fulfillment, rushing to the post office on Sunset that closed by nine. Got it in, got home eight, and just sat there, took a breath, and was like, all right, let's do it again tomorrow. And I did that for months, you know. So the grind, grind, grind was like... 
wasn't the good old days. I would say right now is probably the good old days. But the balance is still tough, man. The balance is still tough. You're running a full-time successful business. Like we are a six-figure a month business right now. So obviously it's going to come a consequence and energy and time is going to have to be put into that. And then I want to be one of the best combat athletes this planet has ever seen. So you know what I mean? Like do you see the wedge in the road already? It's been tough. It's, it's two massive goals, man. And, you know, obviously I don't know as much about the fight game as you do, but being a, a fight fan and, and being invested into, you know, UFC and, and mixed martial arts, I don't see too many professional fighters that are growing their business as they're growing their career. Typically, it's the people that they get their brand going and, you know, they they win some fights and then they get the platform. And then they're sometimes most don't, but a lot then start to uh, monetize. So to see you building this really big business with a ton of momentum while still being able to commit to your dream and your craft, um, it's super inspiring. And uh, I think. From the outside looking in, I think as you continue to grow in your business, I think you'll grow in your fighting career as well, because I think all success is relative. It's all the same. It's the same principles, work hard, consistent, emotional intelligence, sacrifice. The characteristics are a little bit different. One, you're punching someone. The <laughs> other one, you know, maybe you're doing tweets to market your, your company, but the actual mentality is different. What have you seen as you've been growing your business and growing your professional um fighting career are the similarities that maybe bleed into each other to add value to both. It's something that I've been, I've been pondering this for a while lately. And, and it comes down to, I see this flaw in some people and it's not really a flaw, but you have people are either, they base their actions on principle and some people base their actions on results. Mm. Now I'll see people who even with diet, health, lifestyle, whatever it may be, they want principle. So if you think principle, think David Goggins, like everything he does is not for results. You know, everything he's doing is for principle. There are many benefits in the way you go about principle. Principle, you know, you might get some mental toughness out of that, especially in Goggins' case. You know, there's certain other, like, I would say, unforeseen benefits you're going to get. Whereas if you're going for results, I would say, like, GSP. You know, someone who's going to only do exactly what they need to do to get a specific result. Their whole lifestyle, their whole actions, the way they go about their day-to-day -day is completely different. So for me, it's like right now I'm in that big space of I want results. Um, I'm not too worried about principle. So I used to live a lot like principle. Well, it should be this way. But a lot of times I put you on the side like complaining. You can get a victim mentality rather than just be like, hey, what works? You know, I, I didn't like social media. You know, that was like one of the biggest things. And for fighting and for business, welcome to 2024. You got to play the game. You got to play the game. Now, the way you do it doesn't you don't have to sell your soul by any means. That's something I'll never do. You don't have to be fake. You don't have to be unauthentic. You just got to learn how to communicate your message better. And that's something that I feel like I learned how to do. Something I'm still working on, honestly. It's like a big goal. I need to communicate better in 2024. Yeah, man. The the personal brand is is so important. You know, similar to you. I didn't I wasn't a fan of social media. I started the podcast out of really necessity. One, because I get the opportunity to connect with people and network and it's really cool to collab and have the mutual value exchange. But really I was just sick of making content of me just talking in front of a camera. So I'm like, okay, I can collab with someone like yourself have a cool hour conversation, create, you know, uh, chemistry there and also clip it up and, and put it on social media. But, you know, I think in the 21st century, you're right. If you're not documenting your journey, if you're not creating content, you're really going to be behind the ball. And I think social media is kind of like it's a double edged sword. You know, it yeah. could be used as a hammer to build, but it also could be used as a as a hammer to destroy. 100 percent. How do you use 
your platform because obviously you're big into the health and wellness space uh, yep. with your company, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You're obviously in the uh, fighting game, which is all about taking care of your body, making sure that you're you know biohacking to the highest level, making sure that your body is optimized. What tips would you give for people that are, whether they're an athlete, whether they're in business, to really optimize their performance from their physiology so they can go out there and perform in the, the marketplace? Oh, so you're talking just basically on social media? Uh, no, biohacking or just any any type oh, of health Oh, biohacking health tips. Okay, cool. Yeah, that went over my head. My bad, my bad. So if you're just talking everything, so everything's got to be foundation. So the big one right now I'm researching is like, NASA has pretty much stated like the three biggest health deterrents to an astronaut in a successful space mission. Lack of gravity, lack of sunlight, being away or detached from the Earth's magnetic field. So you have those three, three things right there. Those are all basics. Those are all your foundation right there. And so what everyone tries to do, especially in biohacking, all you're trying to do is recreate what nature's already gave us. So we came along, we evolved, and then we added in all these variables to take us away from nature. So now we have shoes on, we're insulated, we're not out in cold or heat, you know, we're, we're not exposed to the sunlight's natural light pattern, so then we're adding blue light. And now the research is catching up. So first you sounded woo-woo and you're a hippie if you're like, hey, put your bare feet on the ground and get sunlight. And then, ground. Exactly, dude. So the Earth's magnetic field, that's a big one right there. So if you get out barefoot right now and you ground in the morning, you know, 30 minutes a day, like the, go look at the studies and that. Like, don't even listen to me. Don't take my word for anything. Go research yourself, you know, and why not educate yourself a little bit? You're going to spend 10 years focusing on some craft so you can make a buck. Why not spend 10 years focusing on the vehicle that's going to carry you through all those crafts? So mm. that's my big thing right there. But grounding's for sure a big one. Sunlight's a big one. Um, as far as like little tips and tricks on biohacking, it's like always just go back to nature. Circadian rhythm right now is the biggest one I'm researching. Like so many people don't understand how Im like impaired your biological rhythm can get just from blue light. So you have all these things, you have leptin, ghrelin, these are two hormones that are gonna affect your satiety or your hunger hormones. And like just even those like leptin sensitivity, where you're, you're, your hormone that's gonna make you feel full, which is something that everybody would want who wants to lose weight, they don't wanna be hungry. So that's gonna be directly affected by if you go to bed on time or not, which is crazy to me. Sleep is so important, man. And I agree, I uh, I really believe in all of this woo-woo that some people, but yeah. like the whole concept, like I have a PME FMAT, which essentially yep. is supposed to replicate uh, the, the, the pH level and the frequency from the planet, because you're right. right, you know, growing into uh, civilization, right, we stopped, you know, unless you live in Hawaii or some type of island climate, like yep. chances Tulum. are Tulum, yeah. right? You're not touching bare feet. You're not allowing your body to dis discharge and connect to nature. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I'm religious with. I've really been cold plunging as of recently as well, yep. uh, which has been cool. And, you know, I'm not an athlete, but I, I realize that my business performance is based on my physical state. Uh, if I'm in a down funk, typically it's because I'm not moving my body. I'm not doing the things that I need to. I'm not working out. I'm yep. not in rhythm with my body. Therefore, motion creates emotion. Yep. And I'm not out there to go perform. Vance, you're ripped. You know, <laughs> you look great, man. You've Appreciate always been you. in shape, but I would say over the last couple of years, seeing uh, your body transform has been super inspiring. Mm -hmm. I guess what tips do you have for people? How do I get a six pack, man? How do, how do I how do I go out there and uh, you know, there's so many fad diets and all that, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in getting results from people that have the results that that you want, and yep. obviously, uh, you do on the physical side. So, what tips would you give people? I'll tell you just basically what I'm doing right now because I could preach diet exercise. We've all heard it, okay? So let me give you some actual tips right now, some like things that are really moving the needle for me. L-carnitine, big one. 
So I started L-carnitine when I got my first personal trainer, I happened to be my best friend from sixth grade, Michael Sheedy. Uh, we were doing three grams of L-carnitine. That was one of the biggest needle movers I've ever taken as a natural. I'm a lifetime natty. Um, I'm, I'm pretty open about my peptide use. I took BPC-157 after a few surgeries and for my brain. USADA banned it and then they took it off. It's not a performance enhancer in any way, but it will help with recovery. So with that being said, just giving you guys a little bit of like, hey, open book here, transparency. Um, I'm natural. Like, and so when you see me next to someone who's not natural, it's really easy to see. But anyways, L-car. L-carnitine is one of the biggest needle movers for its capability to cause androgen receptor density to increase. So you have all these hormones that are going to be responsible for muscle building, and then you have receptors to those hormones. So you sometimes you need more of those receptors. So that was a big one, but recently I switched to the injectable form. So the injectable form is a little bit harder to get, so you have to poke yourself with the needle, a little bit more work. But instead of 3 grams, so 3,000 milligrams, you can get away with 200 grams, and you, uh, you lower the uh, side effects of orally ingesting that much L-carnitine, which is like nasty body odors, uh, TMAO increasing, and yeah. So injectable carnitine right now, one for one, one of the biggest hacks you could probably get on to help your fatty acid mobilization and increase your energy, your athletic performance, and your androgen receptor density. So there's one big one. Bars. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite right now. I'm like hyped on it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so much uh, information out there when it comes to health. You mm -hmm. know, At first there was the whole vegan movement and now it's completely the opposite spectrum where yep. it's the carnivore movement and you have all these brain pills and and all these things out there, how do you know what is right for you in order to go out there and really optimize your performance? Yeah, so I mean, that's where we get back to principle versus results. So principle is I don't touch animal products or I only eat animal products. And I just kind of laugh at it all because your body can handle so much. Like you're more resilient than you think and your body doesn't know, you know, like what's ancestrally right or not. However, you gotta marry both hands. So it's kind of like if you lean all off results and you don't go off any principle or if you lean all off principles no results you're hopping on one foot you know what i mean you have to marry everything so there needs to be a little bit of principle behind what you do you know so that's where like the woo woo will come in you know you'll feel better if you go and you live a little bit of more of an ancestral lifestyle but don't sit there and think you're a caveman and your body's just going to pick it up and know uh it, your body's good at adapting and that's what we you know we're known for is adapting so as far as like the big, big, big needle movers, I kind of got off topic right there, I just started rambling on it, but the biggest needle movers is like, when you are picking a diet um, and figuring out what works for you, you need to actually take away first and then add after. So the biggest thing I would say is cut. So get to a baseline, find your find your favorite foods, uh, put them all into a bundle and eat the same things for a while and then slowly add or take away one thing at a time. That's the only way you're gonna figure out what works for you. Luckily I did that through weight cutting. So I will cut weight for years. And so now when I, I cut weight, cut weight, cut weight and then I remember like the first days of me really learning my body was I broke my weight cut, I ate something and I had mucus. And I was like, what the? I was like, I didn't have mucus for like six weeks. I ate this and I got like a little phlegm in my throat. I think it was McDonald's like, oh, this is probably not good. You'll get these little cues. So it takes a lifetime, you know, to start learning your body. But if you want to get like that intuition down, most people don't have that. You need to start actually getting a little bit strict and just paying more attention to what you're eating. And then you'll know what works for you. Like eggs, everyone's like, oh, eggs are the best thing in the world. They're the greatest thing for you. Everyone's different. For me personally, which sucks, eggs don't sit well with me. And it's so funny because you'll have 90 health influencers tell you eggs are great. And I, and I will tell you eggs are great. Eggs are amazing. You want choline. You know, the whole thing behind eggs is perfect for someone. But if eggs don't sit right with you, don't do what the guru's doing. Do what the guru's preaching. You know what I mean? Like, follow their ideology. So if I was ever to tell you anything, it's like, okay, like, base steps, learn about calories, learn about energy expenditure, then start learning about macronutrients and then start, you know, educating yourself a bit just to 
structure your diet around that. And then you can start getting into the deep end and the deep end's fun. Mm. Are you still a fan of uh, intermediate fasting? So I haven't been doing it lately. I'm a fan of fasting. I, I think everyone should do something like that. Like I intermittent fasted like religiously for like oh, a year and a half, two years. It got me shredded. It got me strong. It got me laser sharp focused. The most work I've ever gotten done in that time frame. Like it was really, really great. But doing so will long term will come with a little bit of health detriment. Now, so I think you should probably do it once in your life, like get really good at it. But now I strategically use fasting for uh, resets, medicinal purposes. I do less fast it last less fast in a time frame, but I do a longer fast and then I'll do it more deliberate. So if I take head trauma, I'll probably do a longer fast just to help with the BDNF, like start repairing my brain. If I get sick, my gut's bad. Or if I, you know, binged a ton, like I can use a fast as a nice reset. So a lot of people like on Twitter, especially they did like three day fast at the beginning of 2024. And I was like, mad respect. Everyone started doing it when they saw Dana White do it. And you know, and like you've seen, like we've been, we've been in this game way too long. So I like, I've been doing this for years. So I think it's something that you can do. Grego Gallagher is a huge health influencer. He's still doing it strong. He looks great. Markers are good. It's what works for him. I say try it out and then see if you like it. If you like it, keep running with it. Yeah. Know thyself. Know thyself. Right? There's not a perfect situation for everyone. It's like a shoe. It's, it's based on your personal preference, where you're at in your life. No, I really love that, man. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about fighting. What does it take mentally? What are the challenges? What are the things that need to overcome when preparing for a fight? I see. I love this. So fighting is like one of those few things. It's it's kind of it is similar to psychedelics in a way. Okay, psychedelics uh, for me is a good time where your subconscious and your conscious will marry, and you will one you'll not just have a underlying tone or like a filter over your life that your subconscious is providing. It'll be shouting out you. Okay, and you'll really get to know then then and there how your subconscious is programmed. So if you're in a fight and you have a fear subconscious and you don't think you're good enough. Second, that bell rings. That's all that will be screaming at you. It's like, oh, this is it. You're done. You're done. You're done. And for me, that was like in the beginning. That's what would happen. And I had to turn that subconscious off. And then you, you learn that you can program your subconscious like that too with your conscious thoughts. So fighting for me mentally was learning how to program my subconscious and reprogram it and get rid of limiting beliefs and like, you know, act as if and tell myself I was great before I was great. And then my body and my subconscious starting to catch up. So it's, it's so crazy what it takes mentally. We were talking about like what you know what does it take to be a fighter and i was like you gotta be a little stupid or crazy and that's just because like the atmosphere of it it's like you're gonna go into a gym every single day you're probably gonna do it while you're on a calorie deficit because you're cutting away for a fight you're gonna have other trained men grown men sweaty come at you and you're gonna train with them for two hours a day they stink they're sweaty you're gonna be touching them they're gonna be trying to hurt you or they're gonna be trying to knock you out you're gonna pay money for this every single month, by the way. You got a gym membership, you know, you gotta pay your dues. You're gonna wake up sore. You're not gonna wanna go do a podcast. You're not gonna wanna wake up and work. And then on top of all that, if you do really, really good for a really, really long enough time and you deal with all the injuries and concussions, everything's gonna happen, you might get a payday, but most don't. So it takes the craziest mental fortitude. So like I said, you have to be either insane or stupid to wanna to follow fighting. Yeah. No, I, I love what you said, um, the conscious and unconscious mind, because it's kind of back to what we were talking about. I've never been in a fight before. Uh, <laughs> I never sparred or I d I've done a little sparring. I've been doing a little bit of boxing. But I imagine that similar to what you just said in terms of the preparation on how to be successful as a fighter is literally the same kind of process that I went through in my journey of entrepreneurship. You know, yeah. 
reducing the limiting beliefs, unprogramming the unconscious mind, going back into my childhood and all the traumas and all the programs that were implanted to me to an early age and reshifting and reframing them. And that is the only way to move forward and become successful. Do you feel like a lot of that inner self work as you have been in your fighting career has helped in your business? A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I still, dude, with business, it was like a whole restart. It was like, I'm not good enough. What am I doing? I'm selling to strangers. You know what I mean? So you have to go through all of that, all the limiting belief, the self doubt and everything, but the fighting prepared me for it. So all it did was I had to restart basically, but it sped up the journey. Cause I was like, Oh, I've been here before. And so you rebuild. And if you've done hard things before, you know, you can do other hard things, but it's not going to be the same. It's not for sure. Like not, that's why not every single fighter is a successful entrepreneur. It takes the work again, you know. People get lazy, we get complacent, you know what I mean? We don't want to do the work again, so it sucks. But for me, I, I don't know, I just, I came up that way. Like I said, when I tell you I was an underdog, I was an underdog. And like, I worked for everything I had, so I'm used to it. I'm used to that delayed gratification. So I just went right back to work and it paid off. I love that, man. Is, uh, is UFC still the goal? Dude, honestly, I don't know anymore. And so that's the thing with running your own business. You start to learn these things. So I'll tell you, like, the last three years, it's like I got shoulder surgery. I got my face shattered. I've had, like, three or four concussions. Um, and I've made, like, $1,400. Like, what is going on? And now I'm running a, a six-figure-a-month business, you know? It's like, what am I doing this for? So I'm just having these questions. And, like, I, I kind of saw how the sausage was made with prize fighting. I saw where the money was going. I saw like what it is for, you know, what it's worth and me running my own business. And I kind of see now, I'm like, oh man, like it's basically carrot on a stick, you know, dangling in front of you and you're on that treadmill just pushing. And so I don't know. So when I took a step back and I've been kind of like going back and auditing myself, like what do I really, really want? What am I doing this for? I definitely want a prize fight still, but martial arts will always be in my life. As far as like prize fighting, competition, entertainment, Japan might be the end goal for me now. It's mm. still, I still want to be one of the best combat athletes in the world. Like I was born to be that, you know, like if you, if I had to choose business or fighting, like I'd walk away from the business. Like I'm, I'm put on this earth to fight until like I'm 36 to 38 years old. And then after that, you'll get hundred percent of my focus in business. But right now is my time to be a combat athlete. You know, I come from I, I even take pride in like my lineage with my last name. Like I had one boxing world champion on my mom's side and then I have war heroes on my dad's side. So it's like, I got to make something of myself before I just go and do business as well. You know, it's nothing that's not honorable in business. Just it's been the goal for so long. Young Vance wanted it. I still want it. So it's like, I'm going to do it. But as far as the end goal UFC, Japan will treat you better. So if I go to Japan, I'm like treated like, oh, like how an NBA all-star would be treated out here. You know what I mean? A little bit of celebrity. I'm paid a little bit more. They have more of a culture around fighting. That's good. It's not just drunk people screaming out of cage, you know, like just bleed. So it's something that I was like, man, Japan fighting pride FC, which was like the first organization I want is what got me into fighting. And that might be the end goal. I don't know yet. So Japan is for sure the goal. I just don't know if it's the end goal. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you say that because I don't think you could be a successful fighter if you're just in it for the money. Yep. Because as you know, right, the money takes a very long time to start to see something that is actually sustainable that can provide a good lifestyle. And I'd, I'd imagine 95% of people never actually get there. It's I think it's a similar uh, thing with, with people in, in my industry or business. It's like, if you don't have a strong enough why or reason for what you're doing, if it's just, Hey, I want to make six figures or I want a nice car. I want a nice house. Like you're never going to get there yeah. because when obstacles come or challenges come, they're going to be a lot bigger than that materialistic item. But if you can link 
your pursuit of what you're trying to do or who you're trying to be to something greater, your lineage, it's something that you're truly actually passionate about. You want to be one of the greatest combat fighters in the world. That's such a big mission that it doesn't matter what obstacle gets in the way or how much money you make or don't make there's something bigger that you're you're fighting for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'll reiterate that. I like still want to be that cuz people go, "Oh, he's, you know, you know, he's starting to make No, 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 no. Like I'm training until I'm 38. I, even if like I didn't get a fight again, I'd be in the gym pushing limits. Like it's just part of who I am. You know what I mean? So I'm doing that. I still want to fight, but you need that why big time. I'm curious. You know, your identity for a really long time has been a professional athlete, a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. What was that shift going into business? Because I feel like a lot of people, they have this self-image or this identity, whether it's a fighter or a student or a parent or whatever they've been programmed to believe about themselves. Yeah. And then they have this massive opportunity in front of themselves and maybe they dive in, but they self-sabotage because they can't get the belief level to where it needs to be in order to be successful successful at that. Yeah. Did you have those challenges transitioning in terms of your limiting identity or was it a pretty natural process? Oof, you know what? I'm free. I'm I'm free. The only thing I identify myself as is a competent person and wherever I put my focus or energy I can be successful in. Like that that has always been my identity. So I was never advanced to the fighter, you know what I mean? Mm. Like and but I've seen it from the outside in though. I've seen it not on my part, but I've seen it when I started preaching health to people. And it, I the the response or the feedback I interpreted was like, shut up, you're just a fighter. You know what I mean? Like when I tried streaming on Twitch, you know, like, uh, you know, like people just saw these things through me and they're like, oh, he's identifying as it. Like, no, I'm just fucking me. You know what I mean? Like I'm Vance. I'm just going to be successful whatever I put my effort into because I know what it takes and I know I can work hard. Like I have the prerequisites to do whatever I want to do so I can go do that. So I'm free. So the identity crisis wasn't for me, I guess, per se, like it, when it was new, though, and it's like you are selling, you do have a little bit of that, like, can I do that? Self-doubt, you know what I mean? And anything, but it's not a self-doubt. It's like, oh, I'm not a business guy because I'm a fighter. It's like, I've never wanted to be, I've never been like, oh, I'm an MMA guy. I used to cringe at saying that. Like, no, I'm not an MMA guy. I'm just, I'm Vance. Like, that's me. So I think it's the biggest thing is, but I know myself. And you, you can do that through years of, you know, auditing, hard work. Um, like we were talking about psychedelics and whatnot. I'm not the biggest advocate for them. I'm the biggest advocate of putting yourself in situations where your subconscious and conscious marry up. So doing hard shit for me is the way I learned myself. Do you think that's where your confidence has come from? 100% because my confidence doesn't rely in, oh, I can, you know, I can do anything. It's, oh, I can fucking try anything, hit a speed bump and bounce back. Mm. And that's for me. Sorry if I'm swearing too much. Yeah. You're good, bro. Getting hyped. But yeah, hey. but it's basically it. It's like, I don't care. Like I've had three or two to three huge mess ups in the business where I could have seen people just crumble, crumble. And for me, it was like, nah, we're just going to fix it, make it right. You know what I mean? Like, I got my face shattered on my pro debut. Ah, all right, well, we'll bounce back. You know what I mean? Like, I've gotten shoulder surgery right before the pro debut. Like, all these little things that I could tell where fickle people would, like, they would quit. I don't know. I just do a good job of zooming out. And the question I always ask myself is, like, why are we here? What are we doing? Why are we here? Okay, we're here to be the best. So why are we complaining? Because, you know, you broke your finger in your fight camp, which just happened, like, three days ago it sucks but you know <laughs> so it's like all these things happen i can tell where people like throw fits i'm like yeah why are we here we're here to be the best all right shut up and be the best you know yeah no i love what you said 
you really do learn more in the failure and your losses and the the adversity than you do when you're winning. Yep. Because most people they they look at someone like you, they look at a professional fighter and they're like, this dude's you know just raw and beatable. He doesn't have emotions. He's just stoic. But in reality, the only way that you can cultivate that type of mentality, that confidence, that belief in yourself, that no matter what you set your mind to, you can accomplish, is because when the L's came, you didn't let them define you. You were able to overcome them, and you actually pull strength from that. Same thing for me. Like I had so many setbacks when I first started in, in entrepreneurship and business that when I finally started getting a little success, my confidence and my identity and my belief grew so much because yep. I'm like, man, I used to not think I could do this. Now I'm doing it. Now what else can I do? And exactly. then you start to dream. And then that belief starts to uh, get curious about, okay, if I made it from phase one to phase two, phase 10 doesn't seem as far away because of how much of a quantum leap that I jumped from where I was to where I wanted to go. Yep, exactly. And so success will bring you the ego, but failures will bring you the confidence if you can act on it and bounce back, that's for sure. But it makes or break people. You know what I mean? Like the soil's gotta be good or the plant won't take. It's bottom line. So make sure your soil's right. You know, have a good mentality, have a good subconscious, know yourself. If you hit a goal, don't be fickle. You know what I mean? Like many people have gone through many worse situations than you have bounced back. That's why I always tell myself, like, I'm not special. I'm not. But guess what? Like, I'm also like not a victim. So I can go out and make stuff happen for sure. Yeah. Vance, why do you think most people don't pursue their dreams? Ooh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll dive into there's always like, why are you depressed? Well, is it the mental side or is it a chemical imbalance? You know, there's all these different factors to it. When it comes to this, I'll, I'll, I'll play the science role right here. We're, we're chimpanzees, dude. We're like, we're, we're tribal creatures. Maybe we didn't come from chimps, maybe we did. Like, I'm not trying to say anything. All I'm saying is I know for a fact that we come from a tribe and we are used to that wired for, or being rather wired for survival, not success. And I think it's so true nowadays. It's so easy. If you just put that filter on, you look at people and what they do, everything is for survival. So in a, in a, in a small tribe, if you were the one person that stuck out and didn't go with what everyone else was doing, you're, you're excommunicated by, you're gone. Mm -hmm. And I say that with the chimp thing because I was watching Chimp Empire on Netflix. They're like, ah, they don't get along with this chimp, uh, you know, so they're going to push them out. That chimp's going to basically starve to death, die, or they're going to go to another tribe and get killed. And that carries through so much today. Like, Everyone shapes their, I mean, what's the funny one for me is everyone shaped their health ideology around their political you know, status. And it was like, what, what are you doing here? And it was because you are a part of a party. You are a part of a mentality, a group. And that, in that group, there's safety. You know what I mean? So you're not being wired for success. You're not pushing the hard questions. Now, the ones who can turn that off and do everything against their natural instinct to survive and just be wired for success and stand out and like learn how to take the heat and just believe in something, be authentic and push forward. Look at how successful they're being now. You know what I mean? That was something that I had to consciously do too. It was like, hey, stop caring what everyone thinks. Stop, you know, just trying to fit in with a group. Stop worrying about, you know, like your next meal. Like the way society is, the way the game is played now, it doesn't work that way. So you have to be aware of that and then you have to act on it. And it's going against a lot of your natural, like, like instinct to want to not do that. And you have to override it and do it. And it can be tough. And I, and there's, like you said, a million bumps in the road that are going to happen and people don't know how to zoom out or never going to see it. And the first one, they're going to cave and go right back to the safe route, which is go to nine to five or whatever it may be. There's nothing wrong with that, but they just won't take the chances they need to take. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I hope I'm, I'm a dreamer and I'm optimistic. Yeah. I feel like a decade ago, it was a lot less likely for someone to kind of break away from that mold, break away from the yep. nine to five, drop out of college and go pursue this unorthodox thing to be a fighter, to be direct sales, network market, whatever they're trying to pursue. But I hope 
that in the 21st century with social media and TikTok and the information age, being able to see all these people, being able to see these 17-year-old TikTokers making most people's salaries in a week, that mm -hmm. it should hopefully inspire people. It should open people's mind up yeah. to be like, Things are different now. You don't have to listen to your mom or grandparents' archaic way of being successful yep. or how to live a life because it's a different time. Like we're not doing the same things. We're not going uh, to the same places. We're not. We don't have access to the same information that our parents and past generations have. So why are we acting according to their old paradigms and beliefs? So my hope for our generation, millennial people, millennial millionaires, is to hopefully realize that, hey, the only way to go do something different in life is to go take a big risk and to mm -hmm. go bet on yourself and to go put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because the alternative is to be average. And yep. average in the United States is not good. You're obese, you're unhealthy, you're overweight, you're unfulfilled, you're living paycheck to paycheck, your wife, your spouse doesn't respect you, and it's not a good place to be. Yeah, well check this out. So the bar, like two years ago was the easiest time ever, like people would say to like change wealth. The bar's too high now, so people shouldn't do that. If somebody just heard that right now and they went, oh man, the guy on the podcast, I have no idea who he is, he kind of explained some stuff right now, I'm just gonna take his word for it, it's too high. Like, that's your first little test right there. And I was like, that was a little test. I just want people to hear it and like be like, hey, shut up. Like you need to have that internal dialogue. You need to know where your boat's going. You need to sail towards it. And it doesn't have to be specific. You just need to know, hey, we're going up the mountain. That's all you need to know. So right now, I, I like complete opposite of what I was just joking about right there is the bar is so low. The bar is so low. Like in my head, I was kind of like, man, like I just got on the business train like a what a year ago and like it like it's very successful for what it's worth it is very successful i would say it's like probably top one percent of businesses out there for what we did and it's cool and like yeah there was some luck too but the other part of it is is like the environment is right now is the easiest environment ever to learn a skill to go out and make something of yourself to grow a business or to chase a passion it doesn't matter like the bar is solo so many people are getting sucked into what is being poured trillions of dollars into to trap you you know, it's Netflix, it's TikTok, it's it's high dopamine, low rewarding things. You know what I mean? It's scrolling. The TikTok brain, the, this generation right now, if you can just like take a step back from it and have a goal and pursue it without being fickle, like 90% chance you're going to succeed. Well said, man. Well said. Let's talk about uh, Meraki, man. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about your baby, your business. Uh, yep. What was the inspiration? What it's about? And <laughs> why do people need to know about it and adopt the philosophy of tropics, health and wellness, yep. efficiency to benefit their life. Yeah, I've told the story plenty of times, but we'll, we'll talk about it because the story is something that's there. And like you said, like, you know, people need to tell their story. Uh, the the motivation behind it was I got my, my fucking face shattered, you know? So I, I got my face shattered in my pro debut and then we're in Montana and the refs just let it go. So then I ate another 25 to 30 concussive impacts while my face is shattered, while my hand's dislocated, while my head's dribbling. And the whole entire time I'm sitting there like, oh, they're gonna let me die. So I had massive, massive traumatic brain injury going on right there, TBI, okay? Like the precursor to CTE, which is like the big fear of every athlete right now who's in a contact sport is, are you going to be able to remember your grandkids' name when you're 60? It's, it was a fear that I carried myself massively. I was in a desperate spot, but luckily for me, I did a ton of nutrition research before this. I'm very well versed in especially concussive protocols. Like I don't wanna have brain damage. 
And while I was kind of sitting there, I had notes scattered around um, that first week after that fight where like, I'm telling you it was like plastic bottle vodka spins, uh, like vertigo, like like textbook 101 depre- or, uh, concussive symptoms, depression. Er, not depression in the sense I'm sad, depression in the sense of like my brain's not functioning and like everything just seems black and white. And like, it's almost like my body just can't even produce like dopamine or serotonin. Like I'm not having a good time because mm-hmm. my body's malfunctioning. So. I uh, put together all my notes to make a concussion protocol. And so I would have it for the future. And that's also something that I want people to know and like have because I care about like, I'm super empathetic. I want people to be able to like recover from that. So I would never like sell something like, oh, information on how to heal from a concussion. So type it up, send it out to a bunch of people. My buddy Wes from California was like, hey, have you heard about methylene blue? And I was like, in my research, yeah, I I read about it. And you know, it is what it is. And he goes, hey, you need to uh, look back into it. So I ended up finding out about this compound called methylene blue. It's a modern-day fish tank cleaner. It's also an anti-parasitic <laughs> drug. It is also the World Health Organization uh, Organization's list of essential medicines. It's used to combat monoxide and cyanide poisoning. This is well-versed compound. It's crazy. And on top of that low dose, it is very neuroprotective, and it is very good for your brain. So I said, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to try this out. So I whipped up my first batch exactly one week after my fight and uh, started trying it. And my experience with methylene blue goes like this. Uh, first week of trying it, I noticed that I would get a small zing while I was very, very concussed. I was like, extremely concussed, but I still felt concussed. About three weeks after trying it, my my focus, energy, mood, everything was going through the roof. My short-term, long-term memory, everything was like almost back to 100% healed. And I felt really good. And what was crazy was my face was still shattered from the fight, but my brain seemed like it was back to 100%, which I've had multiple concussions. It's never happened before. Three weeks after that is when I knew that this was magic. I was the best I've ever felt. Colors seemed brighter. I could articulate my thoughts better. I could communicate better. I was having more of an intense relationship with my loved ones because I could talk to them, share realities and affinities with them. Um, I was getting stuff done. I was motivated. Like I was so blown away by this compound. At the time, I was trying to start a business because we talked about you need to be able to monetize yourself. And it was something I was well aware of with fighting that it wasn't going to pay the bills and they just started plan B. And I had just made a pre-workout formula and I was going to start a venture of like health and wellness supplements that are like way off track, super esoteric, like against the mainstream because like most mainstream supplements suck, like full heavy metals, full of chemicals, dyes that actually harm your body. So like short term, you get a little pump, maybe long term, you're damaging yourself. And I want to make the opposite. I want to make a supplement that was good for you and got benefits. So pre-workout was the first one. My manufacturer was like, hey, we got a four month delay until I can make your product. And I was like, what? Like, you know, I had no idea how long things in business took. And I remember people kept asking me like, What's that blue stuff you're posting? What's that blue stuff you're posting? And I was about eight weeks post-fight. I was taking methylene blue daily. I had got my friends on it, and they loved it too. And I went, why don't I sell this? Why don't I bottle this and offer this? Like, this is exactly, like, right up my alley. Now, we were going to be a natural health and wellness company, and methylene blue is extremely synthetic, <laughs> 100% synthetic. So I was like, ah, oh, it's a little weird, but you know what? Like, it works. Uh, I'm doing the research on it. Like, I started deep diving in. And I was like, it is blowing me away the amount of research that's on it. And everyone that I give it to comes back and, like, basically says, hey, this is the holy grail of anything I've ever taken in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, we're going to start selling it. So there's a lot of legality you have to look out with with supplements, let alone a, a like, classified pharmaceutical drug that's also a fish tank cleaner. For sure. So... I got incredibly clean sourcing right off the bat. I um I worded everything extremely like very smart. You know, I think at one point I had on my bottle not for human consumption, and then people were like backlash. I was like, all right, re- for research purposes only. 
And then I basically just kind of played strategy with how I could distribute it. And I was basically like, okay, well, here are the loopholes. How can we tackle them? I was like, well, I can tell people it's a medical diet and not to take it unless, you know, they feel comfortable. And so that's what I was doing in the beginning. But now after a year of business and how much success we've had, I mean, I'm talking through the roof anecdotal reviews and it's so easy to go see online, like what people are saying about it. I have no problem telling people it's good for them. I have no problem doing that. I don't make disease claims. Obviously, like I'm running a business when it comes to that, but I marry the principle with the results. The results is to grow it, to get it out there so people can have it. But the principle is I'm doing this because I truly believe in it. And I think medicinally it can help a lot of people. I mean, there's an ongoing clinical trial right now for Alzheimer's because of how efficacious it is. So you're telling me right now, if I could maybe save somebody from that, that's scary of a death, you know, just by promoting a blue compound online. I don't care what rules or regulations you throw at me. I'm going to do that. You know, if you want to lock me up for it, you want to find me for it, go ahead. Like that's where... Results for business are cool, but you need the principle behind. You need the why. What are you doing it for? You know what I mean? So when we hit those small bumps in the business in the beginning, it was no big deal because for me, I'm doing something bigger than myself. So I love that, man. That's a that's a powerful story. And I think for, for viewers out there, like you have to be a product of the product, you know, in mm -hmm. order to go do anything at a high level, you need to truly be fully invested in it and to see your growth and success. And, you know, I remember I was one of the, the pre-orders and I remember taking, I was like, oh, this is like an energy drink. Like <laughs> it, it feels good. My, my tongue's blue yep. and, uh, you know, I'm dialed and, you know, I, I take it super often as well as some other kind of brain stuff in yep. order to optimize because, you know, as entrepreneurs or high performers, like a lot of people that are listening, it's like you're always trying to find an edge. You're always trying to find little things because it's, you know, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, Vance. It's like success to failure isn't that far away. There are little 1% micro shifts. Correct. And the more little shifts and little wins that you can do on a daily basis consistently, whether it's your diet, whether it's your routine, your sleep, your exercise, you know, how efficient you are, like those little 1% shifts compounded over time will either determine how wealthy, successful, happy, abundant you are or how not. So anything out there for entrepreneurs or high performers to get an edge that's obviously good for them that will allow them to produce at a high level. Uh, I think that's why you're having so much success because there's a big need for it in the marketplace. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you know how it works? Tell me. All right, so this is where this is where you get really into it, and it'll change. It changed my paradigm on how I thought about depression, how I thought about anxiety, PTSD, so many things. So, basically, one of the first things you need to realize is you're more of an electrical creature than a chemical creature. So, all the food that you eat is going to get turned into acetyl-CoA or pyruvate. It's going to go through the Krebs cycle, do all these things, get turned to FADH2, NADH. Okay, you don't need to know what those mean. All you need to know is you're going to get these chemical compounds right into the cell. Okay, so you eat food and these chemicals go down into your cell and these chemicals are going to get absorbed by your mitochondria, which we all know, seventh grade biology, that's the powerhouse of the cell. Makes ATP, makes energy. How it makes the ATP is you have an electron transport chain, okay? It's going to take those compounds, going to break up the molecules, and it's going to shuttle the electrons through the electron transport chain. Okay, I know I'm losing you here, but basically what I'm trying to say is the food you eat gets turned into electricity. Pretty wild. Like, that is insane, okay? That's like solar charging pad. That's like, you know, you're, you're just eating food and making electrical energy. So you're an electrical creature. What happens, though, is... Our lifestyles have a ton of things that inhibit mitochondrial respiration. In other words, inhibit our body's ability to make that electricity, so that ATP. Blue light's a big one, like we're surrounded in here right now. Non-native EMFs can do that, being detached from the Earth's magnetic core. There's so many things, that poor diet pollutants, that could cause that mitochondrial dysfunction to happen. So when that happens, what goes on is your mitochondria is damaged. Cetyl is our big one on this too. That's something we could talk about later because I can get in depth on that. But 
the electrons will then go into the mito or the electron transport chain and they slip out okay when electrons slip out it's good on you know a term of you need two percent of electrons to slip out on average when you have mitochondrial dysfunction those electrons will slip out in about 40 to 50 percent and what could happen there is they combine with oxygen and they make reactive oxygen species those will go around and degrade healthy cells like I said, you want 2% to go around and clean out old cells. When you have 50% of people who are like, think of cells like Osmosis Jones going around with guns, just killing good cells in places of high oxygen, like say your brain, you're going to have disease. Okay. Methylene blue gets in, sits in right low dose, of course, sits in right in the mitochondria and grabs those slipped electrons, reshuttles them back in the electron transport chain. So what you get now is lowered reactive oxygen species. You get a boost in ATP. Those two things right there, let alone, that's why you feel good. So you're not feeling good from a stimulant. You're not feeling good because you put an energy drink in your body and you're masking something. You're feeling good because that's how your body's supposed to be. Most people run like an iPhone in low power mode, 20% all day. Their systems and functions are tapered off because they're, they're honestly, they don't have the energy or the resources to run at full power. You just basically charge your iPhone with a battery backup and now you're feeling good. And that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I think most people don't have a time management problem. They have an energy management problem. <laughs> there you go. Meaning that, you know, everyone's trying to do a million things. We live in a fast-paced world, yep. especially in city living. Everyone's trying to do this, going to work on their iPhone, not present, doing all these things. And it's like they're they're leaking energy and they're yep. putting little small deposits. They're kind of like a baby scorpion, yep. right? Like they sting and then they're done for the day versus dosing out their energy to make sure that they're investing into the different facets of their life, their family, their business. That's important. And then, like you said, dude, I agree. I mean, I, I've, I've studied quantum physics. I mm -hmm. believe in uh, the quantum realm and frequency and energy and yep. vibration and, you know, how everything is moving just at, you know, a rapid pace that the, the human eye can't see. So if any, everything is energy, um, electricity, what you're focusing on, the things that you're doing, like the way that you are investing into different areas of your life, like that is going to get the ROI or the lack of ROI. Yep. So I agree with you. Vance, why do you think mainstream health, big pharma, like all these big health industries are so far off of what you should be actually doing for your body. Uh, profit, baby. Yeah. So like like right now, the big one's Ozempic, semaglutide, it's peptide. And every freaking girl wants to be on Ozempic, Ozempic, Ozempic. And they just approved it for kids. And so the, one of the ladies who just signed off, a doctor, an MD, was like, oh, yeah, this is good for kids. Like as soon as you audit her, she got over in six figures in endorsements. Like, oh, my gosh, come on now. So there is the... There's the profit-driven thing. There's the ignorance to it, too. There is the our modern-day lifestyle is um, causing health problems that are you have to actually have a deep understanding to understand. And that's like what we're talking about, seed oils and blue light and stuff. So one of my biggest things is like uh, the sun. Everyone's like, oh, the sun's bad for you. It's a ball of cancer-causing fire and everything. But the sun's bad for you when your body has a poor redox status. And you get a poor redox status, which is an incapability to handle stress, trauma, things like that. Um, when you have a crap environment or a crap lifestyle full of food and junk, you know what I mean? So like one, like seed oils are huge oxidative stressors and the sun's an oxidative stressor. When you add those two together, you get sunburn. The craziest thing ever I could ever tell someone is like quit eating seed oils for like four weeks, five weeks, go out in the sun and watch what happens. You don't sunburn. And you're like, what, what just happened? And that now I just lost all credibility because you're like, oh, this guy's insane. Do your research. Like I said, don't listen to me. Just go try it for yourself. Do your research and you'll start to see. I don't use sunscreen. Very good. I don't either. I've never, I was in Tulum. I didn't use sunscreen one single day. I never burned. I did a little bit of tallow bomb on days that we were out there for like six hours and like had the best tan ever. And it was also like the most energy I had. 
Um, another thing too, though, is like the fake guru, not, I wouldn't even say fake gurus, like people like want to do exactly what their guru is doing, you know? So we're talking about like, oh, the misconceptions, like, all right, let's look at Alex Ramosi. okay? Alex Ramosi is on a few uh, pharmacological en enhancers. His ability to handle, str handle stress and trauma is going to be a lot different than yours, you know? Like when you work out, one of the best things you can do is have an optimized immune system in order to recover from that workout. So it's your immune system that actually rebuilds the muscle tissue and repairs you and everything like that. So it's the same exact thing, though, that is getting bombarded when you work out, when you're stressed with work, when you're doing these, all these high-stress activities. And then you get a guy who's on juice, and he's like, yeah, just eat shit, food, work long hours, do the boring stuff, and you'll be okay. And like, but like... You're on, you're on a little bit of intervention. It's like a disclaimer you should put out there. And it's like, so it's, that's where you have the lack of understanding where I think more people should just be educated on the topic to understand like, you can't do what the guru is doing. You got to figure out your own stuff. You got to get educated yourself. You actually got to do the work. And, but guess what? Guess what the reward is? You could be successful. You could feel good. You can know yourself better. You can know what you're good at. You can know where to put your energy. You can know what's taking away your energy. You, you are in control. You're in the driver's seat. You're not in the passenger seat. No, I love it, man. So Keeping on the health train, so if you're someone out there listening who is looking to reinvent themselves in 2024, you know, yeah. we're, we're five days in, maybe the, the health quadrant is a really big goal of theirs, focus this week, whether it's, you know, biohacking, neurotropics, working out, diet, if you could give them maybe a three to five step formula of what they should be doing in 2024. Uh, to feel the best they have, get in the best shape, and just overall have that energy that they need to invest in important areas of their life. Yep. What would that that game plan be for them? Look, it depends on how serious you are. If you if you don't have time, you have resources though, and you're dead serious, hire someone who's a professional, like hire an expert. But let's say you can't. Okay, so you're just doing this by yourself. You want to know what to do. First things first, foundation. What are, what is the base of the pyramid? Well, that's sleep. Okay, so we need to get our sleep timing right. It's not also just how much sleep you get, it's what time you fall asleep. Like I'll reiterate that again. We are circadian creatures. We are meant to be up with the sun and asleep at night, okay? Second thing, get sunlight, get your bare feet on the earth, you know, and eat clean food. But by clean food, what am I talking about? Well, the main things I'm talking about cutting out is gonna be seed oils and fried food. Those right there are oxidative stressors, but people don't realize how big of a like negative stressor they are. So you'll get the one guy's like, well, there's no research on seed oils. Like, well, of course. But we could talk about how seed oils work. So polyunsaturated fatty acids, which is what seed oils like resources, mainly omega-6 acids, those make up certain things like your uh, eye tissue, your heart tissue, uh, the cardiolipin, which is the wall where that electron transport chain that I was talking about sits on. And if you take an oxidized resource like seed oils, you put it in, then that's going to misfunction. So you get macular degeneration, you get heart failure, you get impaired mitochondrial function, you don't have ATP, you're not functioning well. First step to get all that back is to eat clean food, get some sunlight, get grounded. The way I explain how methylene blue works, what's crazy about this is kind of the same way grounding works. So you get, you go in, you put your bare feet on the earth, you know, and you start to feel it. But these are things that are going to take time. So I want to hit you with a couple of like big things that are going to help you out massively. Invest in some way to get cold. Cold showers, great. Going outside right now, it's wintertime, great. If not, I bought a deep freezer for $350 off Facebook Marketplace. I cocked it, sealed it. I plugged it in for two days in the summer. It froze over to like 33 degrees. It stays cold for about five days in the summer with it shut, and I unplug it, obviously, because I don't want to be okay. too much of an electrical creature. Yeah. And now I have cold exposure. That's going to massively hit you with endorphins. It's going to mobilize fatty acid tissue, brown fat. It's going to 
help you think clearly. It's going to have an antidepressant effect, an anti-anxiety effect. And at the end of the day, you're doing something extremely hard that's going to raise your tolerance for BS later, okay? Mm. When something bad happens, you're not going to be pissed off because Susie forgot to text you. You're going to be like, oh, Susie made a mistake. You know, you might have a little more empathy. And so then everything else will improve your relationships. So cold exposure, but if you can't do the cold route, heat exposure as well, sauna. Go get hot. Those are great things too. So clean up your food. Modulate your temperatures around you. Get your bare feet on the earth. Get a little hippie. Get a little bit of sun, you know. Listen to some good music. And then after all that is said and done, I guess another big heavy hitter for you to get off on right there would probably be, I would say, fasting and then a little bit of intense training, of course. Like, pick up something heavy, that's fine, and then fasting. Now it's like, okay, cool. Vance just reiterated what every single health influencer reiterated, right? So the next step then I would say is like where we're talking supplements in 2024. Three big ones right now. Methylene blue obviously is mine. I would say do everything else before you try that, but try it, you know, and like you'll be pleasantly surprised at how well you feel, but that's how you're supposed to feel like all the time anyways. Um, second thing would be shilajit. So we're electrical creatures. We need minerals. Minerals are going to be the difference between you feeling like crap all day long. You, your body's not, you know, producing enough thyroid hormone. You're not, your testosterone, your, your endorphins, whatever it may be, are going to be low because vitamins are great but we can produce some vitamins in the body. Our body's good at that. Minerals, every enzymatic function is dependent on them in the body. So magnesium has like over 700 enzymatic functions. And that alone right there, you're not going to get enough magnesium just for your food. So a good supplement that has all of these minerals and fulvic acid to uptake these minerals is shilajit. So my actually my buddy owns base supplements and base shilajit is like one of the cleanest ones out there. So there's a free plug for my buddy Eric, but he also does good work. So I like, I'll stand behind him. So shilajit's a good one. Um, L-carnitine, I know we talked about. And then creatine. Creatine's more of a nootropic enhancing compound than a muscle building one. Creatine's way better for your brain than your muscles. So, you know, hopefully with that, obviously I gave you like a shotgun approach. Get your basics down, get your foundations. There's a little bit of supplements, but, you know, it's just also doing the work, you know, day I in, day out. I love it, man. And, you know, that was a lot. But all y'all have to do is pick one or two things. There you if go. you're if you're coming from a state where you've been, you know, not following through with the promises that you said, you haven't been taking care of your body, which how you do one thing is how you do all things, right? Yep. Like if you're not taking care of your body, if you're not tending to your temple, you're probably not tending to your relationship. You're Correct. probably not tending to your business. You're probably not super fulfilled, motivated, or energized when you wake up in the morning because you're you're, you're not doing the one thing that you need to, to to take care of your foundation, your base. So take one or two or three things, guys, that you just heard and implement it. Commit for 30 days, you know. It, it takes time to build that habit, but as you start doing these things, you'll start actually feeling the difference. You'll start getting the endorphins, the dopamine, and then you can carry that momentum into your business. You can carry that momentum into your relationships, your spirituality, um, and everything else. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, you can do everything or you can do anything you want to do. Can't do everything. Exactly what you said. So, you know, because that's the other part you'll fall into. I have a supplement cabinet right now that's like a, like 250 items deep. <laughs> you know, I'm not taking them all, but like, you don't, don't fall into that 100%. Just focus on the basics. Stacked. Yeah. Dude, you've been a, uh, you've been an encyclopedia of information in terms of health, <laughs> fitness, and just an inspiration journey in, in terms of business. Um, my last question for you, man. So we've known each other for a while going on, you know, over a decade, definitely. When we both started, we were uh, broke college students. Yeah. Um, not doing so great, just trying to find <laughs> our way in the world. So my last question for you, Vance, is the Vance today, the badass professional fighter, successful business owner, super confident, high self-identity dude, what advice would you give that 21, 22 year old 12 years ago to help 
accelerate his learning curve and help him get to where he needs to be quicker? I'm going to hit you with the dumbest answer. and Everyone's going to be pissed, but uh, just keep going. Not, not to accelerate, divine timing. The 30-year-old Vance right now is capable of doing everything I'm doing because I put in the time. 25-year-old Vance couldn't do what I'm doing right now. And there's a reason for that. So, you know, you're you're exactly where you need to be. But if you want to speed it up, just keep, just do a little bit more work. Just focus, you know. I guess, you know, just to give a good answer would be, go back then would be focus on what to cut away rather than what to add. And mm. that was that would have helped out a lot. That's a bar, dude. Uh, where can uh, where can the viewers find you? Get connected. Get more information about your uh, Meraki. Yeah, so I own Meraki Medicinal, and you can go to MerakiMedicinal.com or any social. It's that, and we have a skincare compound that is tallow and methylene blues. Methylene blue works amazing for the skin, which is cool. And we also sell the drops there, and we have a ton of new stuff coming this year. We have so much like great esoteric fringe stuff that I'm super excited. It's not as crunchy as you think. Like it's actually heavy hitting compound, so I'm excited for that. And then me, I'm on Instagram at VanceFC. And now I'm on Twitter at Vance E. So I know it's a little different, but Twitter, you're going to get a lot of like the uh, the deep talks, like the actual info. Twitter is a mecca for that because uh, Instagram's a lot of billboards. You know, people are just posting pictures. Twitter's kind of like coffee shops. You know, people are going in and having deep conversations. So I recommend the Twitter follow. But if you want to see me fight or travel the world or do whatever I'm doing, then Instagram's a good one as well. I love it, dude. Guys, go get your tongue blue. This stuff is great. <laughs> Use that as some momentum and some motivation going into the new year. Is your tongue still blue? <laughs> Very good. Still there, baby. Yep. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. I hope everyone's having an amazing start to the new year. Uh, go, check out, go check out the pod, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode.